You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. E-Wind adware infests clone dApps in the Android ecosystem. Influence operations rise to prominence amid increased Russian and Islamist activity against Western targets. An accused Russian trader makes a jailhouse denunciation of Russia's coziness with cyber-organized crime. FinSpy is found distributed via a word zero day. And suppose you're doing time in the big house. How do you stay connected? I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, April 13, 2017. Palo Alto Network's researchers warn that an aggressive strain of eWind adware is afflicting Android users. As much Trojan as conventional adware, eWind clones popular apps, installs malicious code, and inserts them into third-party stores. Some of the noteworthy apps so cloned include Grand Theft Auto Vice City, AVG Cleaner, Minecraft Pocket Edition, a vast ransomware removal, and Opera Mobile. This is one more reason, should anyone still need another, to restrict your app purchases to authorized and reputable stores, in this case, Google Play. Those two can be and have been wrangled into hosting malicious apps, but on the whole, they're a far safer bet than the freelancing alternatives. If you were wondering about the emergency siren hack in Dallas over the weekend, it turns out that it wasn't a network intrusion at all. Dallas public safety authorities are understandably tight-lipped, but they're saying the sirens were turned on by a spoofed RF signal. Exactly how, they're not saying, but it's worth noting that warning sirens are typically controlled by tone combinations received over UHF radio. In industry news, the Mach 37 Cyber Accelerator has announced its new class of startups. They include Automated DL, Broadbridge Networks, Ekron Systems, Neoide, Secure Home, and Trovolone. Good luck to all of them. Operational technology, or OT, refers to the use of computers to control things in the real world, things like power plant control systems or the switching systems in a railroad. Fred Wilmot is CEO and CTO at Packet Sled, and he warns that the ongoing convergence of OT, IT, and IoT requires special attention from security professionals. Well, I think there's a couple of dimensions here where IT and OT are converging in what we refer to as IoT and the relation of the technologies being put out into the environments today and the wearables and you know things in, as devices in your home your Alexa, your Siri, all of these components all become operational technology at some level, but we really refer to those as as IoT devices. And, you know, the OT devices, what we know is, you know, operational technology that runs for things like, you know, planes, trains, automobiles, are really also entering the same foray 
with a slightly different challenge. But nonetheless, they are converging in the sense that the requirement for us to protect our intellectual property, our, you know, the, the keys of the kingdom are all sort of the, the weakest link being the, the supportable problem space that we're trying to avoid or mitigate the risk of. And so that's where those, those pieces do send, seem to come together. One of the challenges we've had historically in the security industry is, is collaboration and consensus. And the first thing that I advocate for here in this particular case is with your vendors and with your organization, spend time going to the source of where this conflict uh, begins. And that is, if you haven't been out to an airplane and that's what you're looking to defend, go to an airplane, sit down, figure out all the potential parameters around that, and then characterize that in a way that your vendors could understand and operate on and action and look to help influence legislation that's uh, you know, associated with that. That's obviously for very large organizations. For small organizations, you know, you've got to look at, you know, first of all, getting an understanding of what that problem looks like. I think you know, getting visibility on what happens on those OT environments where you can't put you know, endpoint, deterrent, technology, things like that uh, is critical. It's also, again, you know, looking at responsible evaluation and disclosure with your partners in the business that manufacture your technology holding them accountable and allowing them to have the room to navigate to continue to make you successful um, and transparency around that. And I would say the final piece is, so we've done some iteration around the technology itself and how it works and, and the process of evaluating, continue to iterate on it. Now we also have, I've implemented that. And how do I test and validate the assertions I'm making around whether or not that is or is not safe and secure, or that is or is not something that will affect a, a larger risk profile for the business, you've got to tabletop those exercises. You've got to spend time looking at causing some of the scenarios you expect to have happen with purple teams that do a little bit of assessment and testing work and allow your operational team to try to find and or mitigate uh, what's happening on their infrastructure. And it's a cyclical process that everyone needs to continue to go through. As we all know, this is no different than what we've done in IT for years. But the types of attacks that OT environments are vulnerable to are much lower uh, quality and or complexity. So we want to make sure we can, you know, capably understand what the implications are when they do happen and take action as a result of them. That's Fred Wilmot from Packet Sled. Russo-U.S. relations continue to be chilly, with information operations believed to continue unabated even amid high-level talks between Washington and Moscow. The new Information Operations Center being established in Helsinki, Finland, is a sign of the more tough-minded Allies' resolution to do something about Russian influence operations against elections. That concern isn't confined to the partners who are establishing the Helsinki Center, either. German authorities advocate widespread control over online media to combat fake news, and Berlin hopes that all of Europe will follow. Essentially, the plan is to impose heavy fines on social media providers, in particular, who failed to satisfactorily police hate speech, addressed as much to concerns about terrorism as they are to influence operations. The German plans are being met with a predictable degree of skepticism. There are few signs that policy or technical fixes offer much prospect of short-term success. Ruslan Stoyanov, the Kaspersky researcher and former FSB officer, whom Russian authorities have charged with treason, has condemned the Russian state practice of co-opting and using cybercriminals. In a statement he dictated to his lawyers, who released it to independent television station Dozd, 
Stoyanov says Patriot thieves are given immunity from prosecution to attack foreign targets, and this practice is unsustainable. The protected hoods will eventually unleash a wave of crime against Russia itself. Observers have long commented on close ties between Russian security services and organized crime. The biter may have already been bitten with one of the Word Zero Days patched this week. According to FireEye, CVE 2017-0199 appears to have been exploited to deliver FinSpy to Russian-speaking targets. FinSpy is a controversial lawful intercept product developed by the Gamma Group. The vector was a weaponized document, a military manual from the Ukrainian pro-Moscow separatist group Donetsk People's Republic. The same vulnerability has also been used to spread the more obviously criminal Leitenbot and Turdot payloads. American criminals enjoy a rather different relationship with law enforcement. Suppose you've done something kind of bad in, for example, Athens, Ohio, to pick a town at random. Maybe a wildcat party gets too frisky and, well, your honor, just one thing just led to another. And before you know it, you're invited to a medium security sabbatical in Marion, courtesy of the governor. Naturally, you want your internet. I mean, who wouldn't? Well, here's some news you can use from Motherboard, which has looked into exactly how some gentlemen of fortune stayed connected in the joint. Essentially, they pieced the machines together bit by bit, using parts they pilfered from a computer disassembly program they'd been working in, as an alternative, we suppose, to lifting weights and working in the license plate shop. We'll let one of the inmates speak for himself. As Motherboard quotes his statement to investigators, it went something like this, quote, I imagine the drive with a Cronus. All you got to do is take that drive, plug it into any computer, and it will boot up. I took a network card out of another computer and put it in the illegal computer, plugged it into the inmate switch, remote desktop into the computer, and then bam, I'm on the network. So there you go. Bam. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. 
That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And joining me once again is David DeFore. He's the Senior Director of Engineering and Cybersecurity at WebRoot. Uh, David, welcome back. Uh, you know, tax season is uh, upon us. You had some points you wanted to make about being wary of phishing emails and sort of how to know what to expect, what's normal from the IRS. Well, David, it's great to be back. And, and yes, with, with tax season upon us, uh, we're seeing a, a huge uh, growth in, in the phishing scams around uh, the IRS and, and, and taxes in general. The IRS is never gonna gonna send you an email or call you. Uh, that's just that's not something cybersecurity related. It's just that's they just don't do it. They're gonna send you something via paper, uh, mail. That's how they they communicate. So if you're getting emails uh, saying that you owe money or getting phone calls saying that, that the IRS is going to put a lien on you, you know you you probably want to just ignore those because you're gonna get something in the in, in the mail from the IRS directly. Yeah, you know, I have a friend who recently went through this where someone was absolutely just pestering them, hammering them with, uh, you know, fake calls from the IRS and, and just really ratcheting up the threats that, uh, you know, if they didn't pay pay and pay right now, the world was going to end. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and again, um, you're going to want to block those, probably report them. So also, you, you, you need to be very aware that third parties may try to contact you as well, saying that they've actually analyzed your taxes and you're going to get this amount returned or they need to speak with you about your tax situation because they're working with the IRS. Um, you know, the IRS is not going to work with third parties. Um, and, and this is, again, isn't necessarily cybersecurity related. It's more scam focused. And, and so just be aware the IRS will contact you good old U.S. mail, they're not going to email you, they're not going to call you, and they're not going to use third-party agents to communicate with you. So the IRS is old school when it comes to communication. They are. All right. David DeFore, thanks again for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>